0: We've been studying these last two broadcasts and again today on the, que- the question of how to study the Bible in a practical way. Most people have been taught to study the Bible, if they've been taught at all, in an impractical way. They've been taught how to study for facts and facts only. Now, it's important to study for facts because you can't do anything without facts. And I don't mean to say anything negative about learning facts from the Bible. But it's important also to go beyond the study of facts to the study of what those facts mean and what the implications of those facts are in your life. And we've been talking already about that a little bit. We said you can't study the Bible in a magical way. You can't flip and point. You can't just read words, a certain number of verses or chapters each day, and expect those chapters by osmosis to sink in and change your life and transform you. You've got to understand what you read. And so it's going to take time to read uh, powerfully and practically. Uh, you're going to have to study those passages. It's going to take the time to understand them. As a matter of fact, at this point I'd like to say it's better to read one verse or a part of one verse and really thoroughly understand what that verse or that part of that verse is saying than it is to read four chapters that you don't understand. Better to understand it so that it can have a chance to work in your life and transform you and make you the kind of person that that verse is out to change you into. Now last time we were talking uh, talking about a very practical matter and i want to just kind of mention it once again for those who might have tuned in for the first time today i was suggesting that uh, last time that what we need to do is to understand where things are located in the bible everybody knows the 23rd psalm everybody knows genesis 1 and a lot of people know first corinthians 13. they know that the genesis 1 passage deals with creation They know the 23rd Psalm, what's in that, and they know that 1 Corinthians 13 has to do with love. But when you get people beyond those three sections, or maybe John 14 and a couple of others, they don't know where things are in the Bible. And that's one of our key problems in making the Bible practical and useful day by day. We learn a few isolated verses out of context, and we memorize those, but we don't know where to turn when we run into a problem on Thursday or Friday. We study stuff on Sunday that doesn't have much relevance to us this week. Maybe it will eight weeks from now, but we've forgotten it by then. But when the Bible could be relevant in terms of a business deal or in terms of a problem with the boss down at work and he's, he's been uh, not appreciating the work that we do, we don't know where to turn to get the useful Bible passage that might give us help at that time. So we need to know to turn to Colossians 3 to find the Christian work ethic ethic that tells us that we don't serve that boss, and it doesn't matter whether he approves or rewards us with a word of appreciation or not, because it is the Lord Christ whom we serve, and that the reward of the inheritance is ours. Now, every working man needs to know Colossians 3, the end of Colossians 3. I would learn what is in each chapter of the Bible. Now, you're not going to learn all that overnight. It's going to take time. But start learning as practically as you can and i suggested that you use a little card file or a loose leaf notebook and that you begin to put topics in on cards or on pages and then to list key verses that you know are important to that subject as you read through the bible never read through a day without not uh, without uh, jotting down some verse that has some meaning and some importance to you about some topic or subject then, when you get into trouble let's say you get you, you become afraid over something or or you get into some kind of legal problem you're going to want to turn to the passages in corinthians and the passages in in uh, peter and so on that deal with a christian's relationship to the state and you're going to want to know that it's the uh, that it's the first or second or third chapter of a particular book that's important uh with respect to the question of fear for example first peter 3 deals with that matter of fear under persecution and in particular with the matter of fear Of an unsaved husband uh, who is maltreating his uh, Christian wife Uh, these are important things and we should put them down and know where to turn so I suggest you start building a card file a topical card file which you can list alphabetically that you can turn to in times of need and confusion when you can't remember where the passage is there it is on file now concordance will help you but it won't always help you as well as your own card file of particular verses that you have found uh, useful that you already understand Now I would start building that card file for my present understandings and get those locations down clearly so that they're right at my fingertips whenever I need them in my little card file box. Pretty soon you won't need the card file box for most of those. When you've turned to them four, or five, ten times, you'll know where those passages are in the future and they'll be there and available and useful for you. Now, let's go on today to talk about some other elements. The Bible must be understood and studied in context. You can't just take a verse out of its context and understand it. That's one reason why I'm afraid that most of the Bible's memorization that we do of individual verses is is as harmful as it is helpful. Now, don't misunderstand me. I think we should memorize certain verses. But I do think that when we memorize them out of context, just yank them out of the passage in which they are included and memorize them in isolation, that this can be extremely harmful because we don't really understand the verse, and therefore we don't begin to use it for the intention that God had in giving it to us. For example, in second uh, uh, the second chapter of Philippians, verse 12, we have a verse that talks about working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Most people think that has something to do with, with, uh, with uh, being afraid uh, of whether you're going to be saved or not, or whether you have to do good works to be saved, or it's some kind of working out of the salvation which you have in sanctification. The passage has nothing at all to do with any of those things. If you read the context clearly, which begins in the first chapter uh, and uh, with verse 27, Paul's talking about not being with them. He's in prison in Rome, and he's talking about the unity in the church in Philippi. The church is full of division. There were two women, the fourth chapter tells us, Eodius and Syntyche, who were tearing the church to shreds. And Paul was concerned about bringing unity to that Philippian church. And he's been telling them what to do to bring unity. And he's been telling them in verses 3 and 4 not to be self-centered, but to be concerned about the interest of others. And then he shows them in verses 5 through 11 how Christ was not concerned about himself, but uh, took upon himself human form and became concerned about us so much that he became a man and died, and not just died, but died the death of a cross, and not, not just that kind of death, but, as a slave, as a servant, he died in, in this death, and then God exalted him as a result of that. Well, all this is, is, is coming before this verse twelve, and then he concludes from that argument that runs from twenty one twenty seven through two twelve. And so, uh, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, uh, don't do so only when I'm present. I can't be with you to help you straighten out your, your difficulty there in in Philippi. But now, when I'm absent, when I'm in Rome, in prison, you listen to what I say in this book just as fully. And I want you to work out on your own, without my help, that is, work out on your own. I can't be there. You're going to have to do it yourselves. Work out on your own, your own solution. The word salvation there has the idea of solution, your own solution of this problem, or your own way out of this mess. He had even talked to, but used the word salvation in 119, uh, in the first chapter, when he was talking about his own salvation or how he would have to get out of a tight spot as he would appear before Nero, the emperor of the world, and be saved in that situation. He wasn't talking about his eternal salvation, nor is he talking about the eternal salvation here. He's, being, he's talking about getting out of a very difficult situation, being saved from that mess successfully. And here was this mess in the church of Corinth, and he wanted them to be saved from that mess without splitting the church up. So he would be cautious, use fear and trembling in working out that situation then he says in verse 13, but you're not really alone. Even though I'm not there, God is there with you who will work in you both to will and to, to work for his good pleasure. That is, he'll enable you to do the things that he wants you to do and to have the right desire in doing them. This, then, is the importance of learning something in context. Read what came before. Read what comes afterward. That's a very critical and a very important way to study a book of the Bible. There is no other way to study the Bible that is adequate. Never read verses alone. Lord, help us to read your whole word, not part. For Christ's sake we pray. Amen.